Welcome to a special episode of The Road Less Traveled. I am your host, DB, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about things that are topical. Things that I've seen in the news recently. Actually, I saw all these things in the news today, and then I had to do a little bit more research uh, because I started going down the rabbit hole. Normally, my episodes are a recounting of my time during jail and prison due to a DUI accident that I had caused that resulted in someone passing away. I was 100% at fault. I should not have been on the road, and I should never have drank so much that I didn't know that I left the house that night. Those were the circumstances. I was at home, I blacked out, and I got into my car without ever knowing it. Because of that, I did over five years in prison, and so I have started a podcast in order to help me deal with the PTSD that has come out of that, and also the lingering guilt that I don't think I will honestly ever get over. But this episode is going to be completely opinion-based. Hopefully it is an informed opinion. Hopefully you guys uh, see where I'm coming from, see my perspective on these things. Uh, And I will try to reference my sources for this. That way you guys can go over it too if you'd like. Uh, But the first topic we're going to be talking about is uh, an article that the LA Times just published. Uh, I guess a California... Uh, bill is being introduced. It is being proposed by Senator uh, Scott Weiner out of San Francisco, and it is a bill that is trying to alleviate some of the dangers on the road. What this bill is trying to do is introduce governors into cars, which is a speed limiter. It is a device that caps out the speed of your car. I don't know if you've noticed on your speedometer, but uh, most cars seem to go in excess of 140 to 160 plus miles an hour. Um, Not sure why. There's no road in America that allows you to go that speed. So kind of nonsensical. There is no reason for that. Now, if you turn your car into, say, like a race car, drag car, like there are instances where you can use your personal car on a track. So that's fine. I don't think you're going to be going 140 miles an hour on any uh, racetrack where you're using a standard issue vehicle, but I could be wrong on that one. So again, this is just opinion based. Now, governors do come in cars. There are limiters already in place, but they cap out so high that it's absolutely obscene. So what this bill is designed to do is to have intelligent speed limiters It will allow the driver to go up to 10 miles an hour over the speed limit of whatever the speed limit is for that particular area. And it will be enforced through um, probably, I'm assuming, Google Maps or Apple Maps or some sort of smart system uh, to where it can match those speeds and adjust accordingly. Although... This is a complete side note. If somehow this passes, which it won't because there's so many people arguing against it already. Um, I would like it if you somehow did a, a limiter for people that are going too slow. Because weirdly enough, that is just as dangerous. Because the people that are moving too slow are causing people that want to go fast to move faster. It frustrates people that people are driving so slow or so erratically or just poorly that they then drive worse. So we need to meet somewhere in the middle, guys. We don't want to go too fast. We don't want to go too slow. But 
it makes perfect sense. There's no reason to be speeding over 10 miles an hour. I would probably push it around 15, maybe even 20. 10 is slightly low. Um, and there should be some adjustments to the bill. For instance, like when you're, say, on a highway or a freeway or doing interstate travel, maybe you can go upwards of 20 to 30 miles an hour. If, say, you're in the fast lane or the carpool lane, who actually knows, right? Like, it's a good idea, but it needs to be tweaked a little bit. However, what I want to touch on is the fact that this is already in place uh, overseas in some other countries. This isn't a new thing. All the people that are, say, for or against this, in America at least, like this has already been introduced. This is already working in other countries. So that's where we're getting our idea from. We're not pioneering this information. In fact, California has tried to push that, uh, excuse me, this bill out five years ago. Got shot down at every turn. And that's where my confusion lies. Because you could, for instance... Make a car that, when you put your hands on the steering wheel, it can uh, detect your blood alcohol content, or somehow the car is able to sense your breath, or uh, I don't know, whatever. We have a car that is able to detect if the driver is too intoxicated to drive, and I promise you that there will still be people opposed to such a system quote-unquote, under the guise that it limits choice or limits freedom or is an overreach by the government. Which makes absolutely no fucking sense because in this argument, you're saying I should be allowed to break the law. That there are circumstances that provide for that. And there are going to be extreme circumstances like, say, someone's following you home and you're trying to evade them. Or... Uh, I don't know, your wife's pregnant and you need to get her to the hospital in a hurry. Okay, those ideas might seem well and good, but it doesn't matter. If you need to, say, get in, like drive away from someone who's pursuing you and you speed and then you cause an accident, you will still be mostly at fault. Obviously, there's the approximate cause of you being chased, but you will have caused the accident. And if you're speeding to get your wife to the hospital, same thing, that's only your fault. So... There's already opposition to this bill. And it's funny because the opposition uh, did not make sense. It comes from uh, Todd Spencer. He's the president and owner-operator of Independent Drivers, uh, whatever, I think it's a, associations, whatever. It doesn't matter. This guy opposes it because he says, quote, that there are times when drivers may want to speed up enough to switch lanes, to move away from certain unsafe conditions. Our preference is for drivers to have to maintain uh, the maximum ability to do that. We don't think technology or even most well-intentioned regulations should obstruct that. Okay, Mr. Spencer, that's fine. But when did someone need to speed 10, 20, 30 miles an hour over the speed limit to remove themselves from an unsafe situation? At what point or at what speed... Does someone then create a more unsafe situation? So he's saying, for example, excuse me, he goes on to say that this will, this should not affect people that don't break the law. Like, why do we need to have governors for people that don't break the law, that don't speed? Okay, Mr. Spencer, let's follow your logic then. Someone buys a car. 
a brand new car that comes with this governor, this speed limiter. They, being a law-abiding citizen, never speed. In this instance, according to your logic, they're not going to be in any way, shape, or form going to even know that that thing's there because they will never have broken the law. So it doesn't affect the people you're trying to protect. It doesn't make sense what you're saying. So that falls back to my argument. You could create a perfect system where the car will only not allow a drunk driver to drive. And yet people will still oppose that because I don't know. So that was just one thing that I thought was strangely like a great idea and it probably won't pass. Probably won't pass. Um, apparently, on average, about 4,000 traffic accidents happen in California every single year. Most of them are probably preventable. At least to a degree. At least to a degree. They're trying to help. We can't prevent these things from happening entirely, but we probably can reduce some of these things. And that's what they're really trying to do. We have more people than ever on the road. How incredible if we could all have self-driving cars. I like to drive, or I used to like to drive, and now I don't really know. If I ever get behind the wheel again, I don't know how I'll feel. I would love it if a self-driving car could take me everywhere. I just sit in the back, work on my phone, or do some business, read a book, who cares? And if it could 100% every time tell me I'm never going to get an accident, sure, but... That's not going to happen for a good while, guys. So let's jump off to a different uh, topic here, or a different news article, rather. Um, this one's pretty heavy. This one's actually coming out of uh, Nevada here. And this uh, was an article that happened to pop up on my news feed, because I, I subscribe to a variety of news sources, and... Um, it's probably topical for me because I do research into uh, DUI stuff and car stuff for this podcast. So that's probably why I got some of these. And this one has to do with um, a guy named Sean Larimer. Uh, his name is probably coming up in Nevada quite a bit recently. Uh, so anyway, back in 2003, when he was 16 years old, he was intoxicated. He was driving and he was in a car accident where th three of his friends in the same car, died. He crashed. They passed away. Um, I believe most of them were about 15 at the time, roughly around his uh, age. And that happened about 20 years ago at this point. He was not tried as an adult. He was given a two-year sentence, according to this article, where he then had to go to like high schools and talk about uh, what happened, uh, what could have happened, like going to prison, stuff like that. And that was just part of his rehabilitation and whatnot. So, last year, he was arrested for a DUI. Okay, unfortunate. Not really sure what happened from that. I guess he just got a slap on the wrist on that one. He just got probation or whatever. Well, he just got arrested again for DUI. This is now the second time. And once again, for some reason, he has gotten uh, probation. Now, and I get the law. I understand that when he was a kid, he was not charged with a felony. So therefore, these two DUI charges that are following 
are also not felonies because they can't be enhancements. So they're falling under either misdemeanors or gross misdemeanors, which is punishable by only a short amount of time in jail, no prison, and is usually entirely probationable, which looks like what he's gotten uh, right now. It looks like he got assigned probation and has also been sentenced to a rehabilitation program, which I hate to say that doesn't seem like it's going to work. If you've killed three of your friends and after 20 years of maybe sobriety, which it, probably not, but you're still going back to those things. You know 100% that your actions could cause the, the harm, the hurt, or the death of another person again, if not yourself, which maybe there's some self-destruction in there, but he's still doing it. And that's why... I'm thinking prison and rehabilitation and all these programs that they keep coming up with are ineffective. Like this guy just killed three of his friends 20 years ago and he's still struggling. I don't know if it's from guilt or PTSD or, or addiction or something, but obviously the solution is too simple. Whatever Nevada's doing isn't working, at least not for everyone. Maybe prison scares the fuck out of every single person that goes through it, and then when they get out, they're all angels, and they never drink or drive again. But I don't believe that's the case, because I did a quick Google search uh, just on recidivism, and uh, some of the people, like, just various Las Vegas and Nevada cases... Uh, there are at least four different articles. They're not DUI related, but four people that have recently gotten out. So 2023 stuff already going right back. Some of it's for DUI, some of it's for drugs, some of it's for burglary, whatever. So rehabilitation has not worked. If there is even real, excuse me, rehabilitation. Not sure what kind of programming they got in these um, facilities. So uh, I've, kind of went down on the article a little bit more and um, it was interesting because they interviewed the district attorney that was prosecuting uh, Sean Larimer at the time back in 2003 and they asked him, the DA, if he feels like he should have tried Larimer as an adult at the time and he is as quoted saying, if he had been sentenced as an adult, he still would have been out of custody. You know, we don't send people for DUI away for 20 calendar years. It just doesn't happen. I mean, that's the criminal justice system. So uh, that's the district attorney. Uh, His name is uh, David Rogers. And I don't mean to call him out so much, but David Rogers, you are absolutely full of shit, my friend. Completely full of shit. Like that quote totally just lied to us. 100%. I did a quick Google search on DUIs in Nevada. I looked up what the state charge is uh, for that offense. Turns out you can get anywhere from two to 20 years because they use what is known as indeterminate sentencing. So per offense, aka per life taken or substantial bodily harm given, you can get anywhere from two to 20 years. There are numerous cases that I was easily able to find where people were uh, with multiple deaths, three plus, anywhere from, say, like three, four, five and onward, they had their sentences run concurrent. 
a lot of those people were doing 25 plus years, 25 to life with the possibility of parole because it's still considered an accident. However, doesn't matter. You just completely lied. You do send people away with DUIs for 20 plus years. What are you talking about? That doesn't make sense. So according to the math on this, Sean Larimer killed three people. If he was tried as an adult, he would have been facing 32 to 60 plus years. That's if he got the maximum penalty. So, Mr. Rogers, I don't know if you'd like to amend your statement, but what you should have said was, I saw a kid with potential. I realized that he was 16 years old at the time with his entire life ahead of excuse me his entire life ahead of him and he made a mistake. 16 years old you haven't even fully developed mentally. You don't truly know the hurt and pain and, that you've caused. Like you get it but you don't. You feel it but you don't. And maybe if Sean had gone to prison for 20 plus years, maybe he would have gotten it. Or on the flip side, Mr. Rogers, if you are, again, trying to see the best in people, you could have seen that if we had sent Sean Larimer away for 20 plus years, that he would have come out as some gangbanging prison like guy who just like never fully mentally developed. He was sent away at 16, coming out at 36 or older. He's coming out like in a midlife crisis, basically trying to restart his life probably doesn't have the foundational tools because he didn't get to live his adult life. So you could have said it that way. Instead, you went with a strange way of kind of, I don't know, saying like, Hey, we don't do that here. Yes, you do. You absolutely do. And apparently the rehabilitation or whatever you gave him for those two years didn't help or didn't stick. Was there a follow-up? I don't know. So I always want to know more. I would like to know a little bit more. So he's being sentenced, from what I understand, to a rehabilitation program. Uh, Not sure if that was offered on his second DUI, but it is now there on the third DUI. And um, I don't know. We'll see where it goes, I guess. I just I've clicked follow on this article. So hopefully there's some updates. I will. I will keep you guys posted and I'll let you know uh, where that goes. Now, um, we're moving on to uh, New York now. And from what I understand, like New York, heavy sentences. Nevada, heavy sentences. California, so overloaded as far as like a criminal justice system gives very light sentences, at least specific to DUIs. Now, oh God, this one's just, this one's terrible. So this is to kind of reinforce the fact that, uh, you know, Mr. Rogers, the DA in Nevada, just again, does not know what he's talking about. Like you for sure send people away for X amount of years. Uh, It's mostly just California that doesn't, but I've seen Arizona, Utah, they're usually pretty heavy handed for a lot of those things. And uh, New York is also very, uh, very rough on this. So this one is from, uh, again, New York, Jayana Webb, who was 23, who is, who is seven months pregnant, by the way. This is coming from uh, back in November. So she's already had, probably had her baby at this point uh, in prison. So she had been tweeting about the fact that she was driving recklessly. Uh, and then just moments after that, got into a 
horrible car accident where two state troopers were killed and also a pedestrian. Um, so, oh, excuse me. This is actually not out of New York. This is New York Post, so this is Philadelphia. Sorry. Let me, uh, I just saw that again. So, sorry, this is coming out of Philadelphia. Anyway, Jayana Webb, 23, blah, blah, blah. She killed three people, and she's pregnant. And they gave her 27 and a half to 60 years. They maxed her out. And that's, that's, I mean, I don't know. I agree with that. Like, we, like, I know that I shouldn't drive drunk. And I blacked out and got in the car without even being able to make that logical choice. Like, I was so intoxicated that I couldn't see reason. I couldn't weigh consequences. Uh, I've done some research into what level I was at, which was 0.222 at the time. And they said, like, you, your brain is not recording information. You are not even quite on autopilot, so to speak. You are more or less out of your mind. Like you are legally out of your mind because you are so drunk and a few more drinks from there, you are slipping into comatose state and also like headed towards cardiac arrest and death. I did not realize that I was headed in that direction. I hadn't eaten and I was, I just drank way too much because I was in a toxic relationship. Not an excuse, just giving you a backstory. So, because I mishandled that, I hurt somebody. I killed somebody. I hurt a family. I hurt hurt that person's like entire community because of that. I still try to. Uh, I, st- I still struggle with that. That's what this podcast is about. It's me trying to. I, I don't know. I, I almost wanted to say get through this, but that's not the right word. And uh, figuring this out is not the right thing either. And that's why this is so confusing. That's, I guess, why I'm doing this, because I'm trying uh, trying to get some clarity. We'll put it that way. Trying to get some clarity and trying to better myself. This is me bettering myself. This is my form of rehabilitation, because I know for fucking sure I wasn't offered any when I was in prison. I had to wait till the end of my sentence to be offered house arrest and then given a quote-unquote alcohol treatment program, which all that was after being in prison for five fucking years was an ankle monitor that was a scram bracelet that could detect alcohol in my system. That's not a rehabilitation. All that is is just a monitoring system. All it's doing is telling me that I can't drink for now. I never want to drink again. That's pretty clear, at least to me. I don't even know if I want to drive again. I don't know how I will feel if I get behind the wheel. And I definitely don't want to drink. I don't want anything that takes me out of my element like that again. But I wasn't given services. Uh, The only treatment program that I could look forward to, like I said, was at the end. So I had five years of downtime, dead time, nothing happened, read a bunch of books, and I worked out a little bit, got to fight a couple fires as a wildland firefighter, and I got to go to the governor's mansion. Very cool. Anyway, let's get back to Gianna here. Her blood alcohol content was over twice the legal limit, so a little under where mine was. I only killed one person. Um, 
I got a little less time than her because if you say enhanced mine to where it was three times as bad, that would have put me around 18 some odd years with a 60 year back number. So 18 to 60 years. She was given 27 to 60. So I'm, I'm guessing in Philadelphia, they have indeterminate sentencing as well, probably eight to 20 years. Uh, I didn't look into that one. So they sentenced her because of her reckless nature, because she was bragging, because her attitude on social media. And that's a, that's a good message. That's a strong message, because that is exactly, I believe, how we should stand against that. It is okay to drink. It is okay to do drugs. It is okay to have fun. However, that fun has to have maturity and responsibility behind it. What you do affects other people. We don't live in a vacuum. Everything we do affects somebody in some other way, somehow. And we probably never know to what extent. I know that's something I'm struggling with because I'm all, I graduated for writing, like I have a very creative mind, and I've spent years in some of the darkest places of my mind thinking about how much I hurt somebody, like how, how I killed them, how I took away their everything. But that knowledge comes after the fact. I mean, they're probably sentencing her based off how she acted beforehand. But is there ever an instance where someone gets resentenced based off who they become? No, of course not. You can only lose time in prison. You're given your good time up front. You're given your work time credits. You're given your good time credits. And all you can do is fuck it up. That's it. By not working, by not programming, by getting write-ups, whatever. You can only lose time. However, there's never an instance where you can show that your character has changed and get a lesser sentence. You can only show that your character has not changed and that you get a worse sentence. So the incentive, which I don't think you need to incentivize being good... Although, even as children, that's how we're raised. If you do your chores, or you do this, or you blah, 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 you'll get rewarded. That's generally how it is. I don't know how other people grew up, but usually there was some sort of, like, stick and carrot type thing. <laughs> like, I'll dangle this in front of you, do this, you might get it one day. And that is backwards in prison, which is a kind of a strange system. It's you will do all of this stuff or else. <laughs> and they, they don't empower you. They don't give you the tools in the sense that you would want to use them. Because I know for damn sure, like I wanted rehabilitation when I first got in. I wanted to talk to a psychologist because I was going through a traumatic experience. They didn't have any of that on offer. Uh, the only person they said I could talk to was going to be um, the, uh, excuse me, I want to say preacher, but not that. It was like whoever their Catholic priest type person, they had a couple of religious holy figures. You could do uh, like a Jewish uh, 
service. You could do a Catholic service. You could do a Muslim service. And then you could pray with people. But that was their version of like, hey, we need to like talk to somebody. They didn't have any mental health professionals where I was at. They didn't have anyone I could talk to. So the state specifically that I was in was not equipped to rehabilitate anybody. And I would not be shocked to hear that that is probably the case for most of American prisons. Um, I've spoken with some caseworkers. I have friends um, that are in a wide range of services, but I have friends that are caseworkers. I have friends that are psychologists, uh, friends who are weirdly scientists. And I'm like somewhere in the middle of my friends. I'm the creative type. Uh, They are way more intelligent and way more helpful and better people than I am. Uh, And even they're confused. Even they are at a loss for why we don't have these things because some of them are in that field and they don't have the resources to help people. They want to help, but they can't. So this will now full circle come back to the beginning because every time we try to help, when we try to come up with something, there's always opposition. So why is that? Where, where is the compromise? Can we have at least some compromise? Because there's some good ideas out there. There's some great ideas out there that the only thing standing in the way is stubbornness. The only thing usually standing in the way is, hey, we've always done it this way. And that needs to go away, guys. That needs to stop. Breathalyzers, not in the traditional sense of where you have to breathe into a car, but something more in the lines of what I was saying, like um, hand sensors and steering wheel columns, uh, possibly the seats. I don't know, whatever, like speed limiters, um, driving assistant programs like these things need to be common practice going forward because. People usually take the path of least resistance. It's human nature. We like things that are fun. We like to enjoy ourselves rather than work hard. We like to disagree. So I don't know what the solution is. I was only bringing you three articles that are linked in the idea of their tragic, including the first one. That's tragic because I think that is a great idea. So let's, how about you guys figure that one out? Because if California can pass that and they are the most populated state in this country, I wouldn't be surprised if that starts kicking down to other states. But I know if somehow it passes in California, then you're going to have federal issues coming up. Congress is going to oppose it because now they're going to have to either implement it statewide, which that didn't work for gay marriage. Holy God, we can't even figure that one out. Like we allowed it and then we didn't and then we did. So that's okay for now. But now abortion isn't legal. Like, dude, what the fuck is going on in this country? Like you couldn't even figure out that one. So how are we supposed to figure out cars? (laughs) Like, you're still dictating what people do with their bodies, which is weird. Like, you can dictate that, but you can't tell people how fast they can drive. 
don't know. That one seems like a little weird. Like you guys are able to overreach and not allow women to get abortions, even in the most extreme instances, like instances where it makes perfect fucking sense. You're not allowing that, but you will allow people to drive however the fuck they want and as drunk or as high as they want. I mean, you just made a rule. Don't do it. And then you expect everyone to follow it. It's just like when you said, don't have abortions. Those women are going to places that they really shouldn't because desperation is real. Guys, people will always figure a way around something. So we can only put our best foot forward, which is what we should do. This limiter is not going to affect the people that are already following the rules. And the ones that aren't, maybe it will help some of them. And that's all that Senator is trying to do. Anyway, we're getting a little roundabout here. So this is where I'm going to jump off, guys. Thank you for listening to the Road Less Traveled podcast. My name is DB. Please tune in to new episodes on Wednesday. Follow, share, like, subscribe, do whatever. But please, be safe out there, guys.